Welcome along to the next episode of our Tune the Code podcast. And today I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by none other than Super Kevin Campbell. Kev, how are you doing, Pat? Hi, Joe. I'm really, really good. Thanks, mate. I'm good. Yeah, we're living in strange times at the moment. How are you keeping up? Yeah, listen, I've, I've got my uh, routine going. That's, I think that's really important. Got a routine. Get up, train, you know, shower, go for a walk and then you know, start my day, a lot of media stuff to do and a lot of podcasts and interviews, etc. Actually, I find myself busier now <laughs> than I did before, <laughs> but it's, it's a good thing, I suppose. So yeah, I'd yeah. much rather be busy than, than not. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, we'll crack on with the questions, Andrew, Kev. Yep. Uh, you joined Arsenal as a schoolboy in 1982, joining which one season you actually scored 59 goals, which is quite amazing. What was it like as an Arsenal fan to sign for the club? Well, any any kid would tell you. You you would you know the same, Joe. The team you support as a boy, having the opportunity to go and play for that team or sign for them, is a dream come true. So the fact that I got scouted at, at ten, was able to sign at twelve because you couldn't sign until you're twelve years old, and then to make it through the ranks, sign uh when George Graham turned up, signed at 86 as a YTS apprentice. So that was the really the first times where you start to feel, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to make the first team. The ambition starts to come then because before that, you're just a schoolboy, happy to play for Arsenal, etc. But once you start getting on the inside and you're full time, then that ambition really starts ramping up. And the great thing is George Graham was a manager when he came in, he gave the young players a, a, a chance. So when you see your peers like, you know, lads who are older than myself, Michael Thomas went to the same school as me, Dave Rowcastles, Tony Adams, uh, Martin Hayes, Paul Mersons, Noel Quinn, all those guys, Gus Caesar, all those guys, Paul Davis was a little bit older, but those guys got propelled towards the first team and started making their debuts, etc. So, you know, for, for the likes of myself, it was, a massive carrot to be able to try and make that first team. And, you know, it was a, a really good time to be at the club. Mm-hmm. You quickly rose through the ranks, uh, ironically making our senior debut against Everton. Well, uh, you know, Joe, Everton have a play a big part in my career. Every exactly. Everywhere I go throughout my career, Everton are there. Yeah. So it's kind of ironic that I joined the club, you yeah. know, later on. Well, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a while. Uh, so you spent a couple of seasons out on loan at Leighton Orient and Leicester before rejoining the Gunners. Was it hard to be sent out on loan at the time? Well, Joe, it wasn't... A, a, actually, back then, it wasn't a season. You could only go on loan for three months. Okay. So I went on loan to Leighton Orient first, um, came, finished and then came back to Arsenal. And then the next season, I went on loan to Leicester for three months and then came back to Arsenal um, after that. I wanted to go on loan because it was the only it was the only chance I would really get to start and play first team football, and and that's why you know some of this some of the times I watch you know look at the Premier League clubs right now, and I see they've got talented youngsters, but they don't loan them out. Mm. They've got to loan them out. It's no point playing under twenty three football. Nobody takes it serious. They've got to go and earn their stripes playing men's football, and that's mm. that's what I did and it will make a massive difference if some of these youngsters went out and done the business um, when they were out on loan. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Despite the likes of Ian Wright, Paul Merton, and Alan Smith being there, you featured regularly. Now, apart from your goal scoring ability, do you think it was inner confidence that helped you break through then? Well, it was. It's interesting because before, obviously, Paul Merson and Anna Smith was there. Anna Smith was a was a was a, one of the signings from George Graham. You know, there was Martin Hayes, there was Noel Quinn there, etc. Ian Wright wasn't at the club when I when I started coming through. Okay. And um, when I made the first team, I made the first team in really quite prominent in that the title winning side was in was in 1991. So that's when I made it, and it was wasn't until the next summer um, or into the season where Ian Wright got bought. It was 91-92 season. Ian Wright got bought to come to the... But what? And I found myself... Uh, Alan Smith was an England international. Ian Wright's an England international. Paul Merson is an England international. So I found myself kind of on the bench. But was it difficult? It, it was difficult to start with because you thought, you know, I'd done enough. But... When you when you one of some some of these big clubs, you've got to use that, and you've got to have the desire. There was no knocking on the manager's door or anything like that. What I done, Joe, I, I went got to the training ground and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn more about I could play like how Ian Wright played on the shoulder, but I had to learn more to be a target man. So that's what I learned, and I, I kind of combined both. I know I had more more speed than Alan Smith and power. But what I didn't have was that finesse. So I had to get a bit more finesse and craft in my game. Then, mm-hmm. uh, just on your time to leave Arsenal, uh, was it hard to leave after 10 years? Especially um, with the arrival of Dennis Bergkamp. He arrived and you seemed to leave at the same time, did you? Yeah, we kind of bypassed each other. Look, you know, it, it, it culminated in the changing of the guard. George Graham had been sacked. Um, Stuart Houston had, had taken over as caretaker manager, but he wasn't getting the manager's job. So come the end of that season, I, my contract was up. I'd got over the contract and, you know, they, we couldn't really offer me a, a, a proper contract, proper deal until the new manager comes in. New manager came in, offered me a, a, a contract and I sat down with him and just listened to me, him and see, see what his plans were. And uh, Bruce Rupp wasn't for me, Joe. But you get that sometimes. And unfortunately, he was going to, he was the new manager at Arsenal. So if he's not for me, I didn't like have a year to, to see how stuff went. My contract was up. So I then had to look for the next uh, chapter of my career. Of course, it's a wrench. I love the club. I support Arsenal. Um, I supported Arsenal since I knew anything about football. But football's a business, Joe. And I had to do what was right for Kevin Campbell at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you went to Nuss Forest and, and uh, you spent three years. Interesting. One season you were relegated. The next... Yeah, you won the league. But you left controversy then to join Trabzonspor, which I remember at the time. Pierre van Hoydonk actually went on strike because you got sold. Yeah, Joe, it's a a bit of a crazy one. You know, it it was a bit of a yo-yo. We we had a a good, really good squad. um, Good side. First season went, went, went okay. Second season, I suffered, I suffered, Loads of injuries. I didn't even finish the season. And unfortunately, we got relegated because we just weren't good enough. And then Dave Bassett took over uh, as manager. Stuart Pierce left. Dave Bassett took over. He was a really good manager. Good guy. And he looked at the squad and said, look, guys, I got promotion with Palace. 
I look at this Nottingham Forest team and, you know, you're a much, you got much better players than, than they had. So, you know, if it ain't, if it ain't promotion straight off, something's wrong. I ain't doing my job. So, you know, we, he gave us the confidence in that way. Obviously he had to go out and play the games, but we had that confidence. And uh, so we get back promotion. Me and Pierre Van Oud, I think we're, as a partnership, we're the highest goal scorer in partnership in Europe. So that's something to go back into the Premier League with. And the club decide to accept a bid from Trabzonspor. So I got told they've accepted a bid for me and they, they need to take... that. They advise me, Joe, that it's in my best interest to, to go and speak to them because they've accepted it. So that means that they want to sell you. They, they want you out. So previous to that, I'd already agreed a new contract with Harry Bassett. So he, he went on holiday. I'd agreed I was supposed to sign a contract on uh, in midweek. No contract uh, was, was, was ever put in front of me. Get to the weekend. Uh, just before the weekend on the Friday, I get told that it's in my best interest to speak to Trabzonspor. <laughs> so I, I speak to my agent and stuff like that. We get, get down to London. So we fl- we're, I'm at the airport, just about to fly up to Turkey. My phone goes, it's Pierre. Pierre says, tell me it's not true. I said, what ain't true? He said that the club are selling you. I said, I'm at the airport. I'll have to call you. I'm off to Turkey right now. I'll have to call you when I get, when I get over. So I called him when I landed. And he, he said to me, is it true? I said, yeah. I said, he said, uh, I'm not going to go back. I said, Pierre, come on. So don't be silly. You know, go back and do your business and stuff like that. You don't need, you don't need me with you. He said, it's a joke. You know, we, our partnership is, is, is so good. And he said, I'm not going to go back. And I, I, I didn't believe him. But Joe, as I signed and I started to go through and we'd ring each other and I'd say, Peter, what are you doing? I ain't going back, you know. So sometimes I get the blame because of me, but it wasn't. But, you know, I still feel, well, what a way to shoot yourself in the foot as a football club to, to, to uh, yeah, affect, the, affect, the affect the affect the dressing room. It affects the dressing room as well, you know. Yeah, strange times indeed. Uh, you only spent seven months at Trapton Sport and you kind of had a fall in love with the chairman. No, I didn't, Joe. Didn't you see, no, no, I never fell that's, out with the chairman. Yeah. yeah, I never fell out with the chairman one bit. Listen, I love my time in Turkey. Mm. I never fell out with the chairman one bit. The chairman was always fantastic with me. But when you're dealing with 120 to 180 press a day, things can get misconstrued. Yeah. Trabzon had their own TV show. They had their own radio station. You get four pages in the in the newspaper a day, the main newspapers. Nice. So, you know, Galatasaray get four, Fenerbahce get four, Besiktas get four, and Trabzon get four. So they've got a few column entries. So what the, 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 the chairman was asked a question, he answered it with a, with a slang saying, saying that I'm going to eat the next team. He wasn't calling me a cannibal, but he, yeah. as, as we say, you know, he's going to eat the next team. He's going to eat, he's basically he's going to do them. But they spun it and said that he called me a cannibal. So when I, obviously, I didn't know the terminology of, of the slang. So when I mentioned it to my teammates and I mentioned it to, uh, I had some friends, met friends out there and stuff, Safi. I asked them, what did he mean? And he said, no, it's not a derogatory. It's a slang term for you're going to eat them. You're going you're gonna to do them. So, you know, I was fine with that, but. It became an international incident, Joe. I got a call from the British consulate. 
the 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 club uh, banned me from playing. Wow. Weird enough, banned me from playing. I couldn't train with the team. I trained before the team. I trained after the team left, and then I trained with the 23s in the evening. So I was training three times a day to keep myself going. But I found myself out in the cold. So I was doing that for a bit. And luckily, Joe, there was that March transfer window mm -hmm. um, in England. And my agent said to me, you know, look, there's five clubs who are interested. And he said, first is Everton. I said, that's stop there. That's the team I want to go to. So again, Everton played its part and uh, decided to come across to, to Everton. And uh, the rest was history. But the chairman did me and the chairman got on fine. And even after we came back and after the loan, he wanted me back and we went to, to negotiate. He was still fine with me. Yeah, South media lawyer. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often, does it? No, no, not many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like you mentioned, you joined Everton in March 1999 and not just me, but a lot of people think you single handedly saved us from relegation that season. So what helped you hit the ground? running so quickly? Well, the thing is, I, I'm an experienced player. I know, I know the league. I know the players. I know the league. Most of the players in the team I'd played against um, anyway. Um, Everton had a great squad at the time. Really good squad. But they, they lacked knowledge and experience up front. There was Franny Jeffers and Danny Cadamatria were the front two. And they're very talented youngsters. But they're young. You can't expect them to carry that burden of, of, of being the target man and striker and everything. It, it, you know, you learn that over the years. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky enough to be able to come into an experienced team and just be myself. And I think that's what helped. Obviously, first two games was, first game was a Merseyside derby. Second game was that um, difficult game against Sheffield Wednesday where we won nil up and then we, we go down 2-1 and we hit the bottom three. But I think that was the making of us. Hitting the bottom three was the making of us. And then we go into the Coventry game and uh, I scored my first two goals. And, you know, what a relief that was to get those those goals and get three points at Goodison. And then from there, the momentum just carried us forward and we went and, and done really well. So, you know, I was very proud of my time going into to Everton. I know, listen, Joe, I know what a big club Everton is. I, I've been around the league long enough to know how big that club is, made me debut there. I know how, you know, what a noise that, that fan base can make. So that's why as soon as I knew they were interested, there was only one team. Yeah, very good, very good. Uh, you're still uh, the first ever Lowney player to win Player of the Month. That must give you a sense of pride, does it? Well, that just goes to show, you know, I, I made a big difference um, yeah. coming into the, to the football club. And... It's weird that no no lone player has, has done that since, but I'm sure I'm sure it will go. But it's a it's a it's a nice little record. I've got quite a few little records like that, so yeah, I don't I mind it, Joe. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. <laughs> okay, uh, you made the move permanent then shortly afterwards, and then came probably your best and famous moment in the blue shirt, September twenty seventh, which is my birthday, by the way. Oh, oh, I know that, Joe. Oh, yeah. You know that story. Yeah. <laughs> I know that story. <laughs> Let's not go into that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, you scored the winner at Anfield. Can you talk us through that, Mike? Yeah, I, I think I could talk you through the week because, you know, for, for probably one of the first times in a long time, we had a squad who we fancied could give them a game, a real game. 
And when you look across that team, there was, there was toughness, there was running power, there was experience, and there was a goal for it. So, you know, if you haven't got all of those things against Liverpool, Liverpool, you know, had a, had a really strong squad. If you haven't got those components, then, you know, you're really going against the, against the, the tide. So we went into it um, full, of, full of life. The week, the build-up, it's the normal build-up, everybody, you know, come on Blues, come on Blues. The Reds are there wanting to win. We're there wanting to win. But we went into it pretty confident that we could get something out of the game. And, you know, we, we started the game pretty well. And we scored, I scored after, I think it was four minutes or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But the, the, the defining moment for me was when the ball actually hit the back of the net, Joe. It was a, it was a really good move involving um, Hutch. Um, Franny Jeffers, Nick Barmby, reverse ball into me uh, from Franny. And uh, I get over the ball and I hit the ball and it goes in. You're seeing the blues in the cop. I'd never known that, Joe. You know, I'd never known that. But seeing the blues celebrating in the cop lives with me till this day. I swear to you, it really does. Um, that, that derby is a unique derby. But again, probably scored too early, Joe, because... You know, there was like, we're 1-0 up and uh, Evertonians all at the Annie Road are going crazy. But there's like, you know, 86 more minutes. We see Franny Jeffers and Sander Vesterville get sent off. So it's, you know, 10 v... So it's uh, it's 11 v... It's, what is it? 10 v 9. 10 v 10. And then Stephen Gerrard gets sent off at the end for a foul on me, which leaves it 10 v 9. Um, but just the sheer weight of lifting that hoodoo off our back. I think the Evertonians were really proud that day of the team. We were proud to play for them and play for the shirt and, yeah. and get that win. And I was, I'm still so proud to be able to say I, I got the winner at the Anf at Anfield at the uh, Cop End. Yeah, I was actually there that night. It was just, it was just a crazy, crazy game. It was, and did, you, did you enjoy it, Joe? I think so. <laughs> of course, yeah. it was just, and it's just so strange to think that that's the last time we beaten Liverpool at Anfield. That's, I think that's the, it's just crazy. I, I know it's, uh, yeah. it, was it twenty one years? Oh, it's just nuts. Scary, nuts. scary, yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Oh, you spent six years at Everton, uh, but it's always felt like a second home to you. Like I said earlier, what makes you feel like that? I'll be honest with you, Joe. From the time, from the moment I, I, I walked into the club, it just felt right. It always had done. The, the, the fans are the fans are smart. The fans know what they're doing. They know they know football. You can't fool them. You know, they, they, they know their football because they've had great teams of the past and they know who's putting in the work and who isn't, et cetera, et cetera. So very knowledgeable crowd. And if you give your lot, Evertonians will, will love you. And uh, that's that's what I've done. I'm that type of player. I give them a lot. And, um, you know, the, it was a kind of a marriage made in heaven. So, you know, I'm so proud to have played for the club, captain the club as well. And, um, you know, I still always defend Everton. I'm, I still love Everton to this day. Yeah, and we love you too, pal. We really do. Uh, you left Everton then to join West Brom in 2005 and had them become the first ever team who were bottom on Christmas Day to stay up. 
There's a bit of a pattern farmer there, is there? You have them. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. It's, I think it's the challenge, Joe. For me, it's all about the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, going to West Brom and sitting down with Brian Robson uh, on the way on from training one day um, when I've been given permission to speak to him. It, we, we didn't even discuss football. We just discussed life and, and you know, what it was like leading Mm-hmm. Who was your, who were your idols growing up and stuff like that? So, you know, we we done that, and you know what? He offered me some coffee, Joe. Brian Robson offered me coffee, so I parked up and I went in. I said, he said, I'm not one for coffee. So anyway, about um, twelve bottles of Budweiser later, <laughs> we'd not even discuss football or terms or anything. So he said, he said, Cams, I'll see you down at the at the at the training ground tomorrow. I said, yeah, I'll see you there. I jump in a taxi. He lives up the road. He jumps in a taxi, goes home. So I said, next morning, I had to come down, get my car, and then go drive down to the <laughs> to, to West Brom training ground. But that's what it was about. It was about, it, I went for the man. On his mm. staff at the time was Nigel Pearson, Craig Shakespeare, Michael Appleton. So, you know, you look at all these guys have been managers in the, it, it, after that. They've, in the future, they've become managers. But we had a great group. Great group of coaches, great group of people, and the challenge it, the challenge was, can we all come together, whether we win or lose, leave it behind us. The result, whatever result is, we've got to leave it and move on to the next game. That's the hardest thing down there, and gladly we, we were able to do that, and well, that last day of the season, Joe, was, was amazing. Yeah. Was I amazing. Remember, I think was it Kieran Richardson scored the winner? Yeah, well, Kieran, um, Kieran Richardson scored the second. Jeff Olsfield scored the first, okay. and Kieran Richardson scored the second. To we won, yeah. we beat uh, Portsmouth two 0 yeah. And you know, it's the only game I've ever been in, Joe, where the opposition are attacking and their fan base are booing them <laughs> because Southampton were in the set, were in the relegation mix. I can't be wanting them to go down. Well, yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. We were cheering. They were cheering because Southampton went down. It was crazy. <laughs> Good time indeed. So you saved them from the drop uh, the following season and joined Cardiff then before retiring in 2007. Was that a hard decision to retire? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Before joining Cardiff, I was, I was virtually retired. I, I, I got promised something at, um, at West Bromwich Albion. And... Uh, I will turn up for training, a couple of days training. And Brian Robson pulled me and he said, Cams, I don't know how to say it. I said, what, is, has the chairman pulled a contract? He said, yeah, he has. I said, I understand. I I, I get it. Um, I think Brian Robson wanted me to to be part, to start doing my coaching. Because I was doing my coaching badges at, at Everton. Okay. And then I, drew, I had to concentrate on the football side of things when I went to West Brom. So we, I think he wanted me on that side of the, to, to be a player coach type thing. Um, get on the staff it didn't quite materialise and I thought do you know what it, this is it's 2000 what was it 2006 at the time I thought do you know what I've had a good run um, you know maybe that it was to end at West Bromwich Albion so I was at home I was in the garden chilling out the season was starting on the Saturday this was the this was the Monday I got a phone call and it was um, Sam Herman. So I'm a man calling me. I got Dave Jones there, you know, wants to speak to you, blah, blah, blah. Spoke to Dave Jones, went down to see them guys. And it, I ended up signing um, the week of the season for Cardiff. So 
you know, it was just, they wanted me in there, wanted me to help the dressing room, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I'd done that. I, and then I think it was just before Christmas, Sam Herman sold it. And Peter Ridsdale came in and, you know, it, the, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. But Dave Jones had a really, really good set, a really good squad there at the time. And uh, I enjoyed my, my year at Cardiff. I, I really did. But it was it was the end for me. So it wasn't, I mean, I'd, I'd got involved in business security as well. So I'd had that going from like 2005, back in the 2005, 2006. So 2007 was just probably the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, just at the end of your career, you're the player to score the most goals in the Premier League without getting one single England cap. Is that yeah. ranking with you at all? No, not at all. No, not at all. There's nothing I could do. I can't control. I've been in squads, etc., but I just haven't got a cap, and I don't know why. But that's life. There's nothing I could do about it. Joe, many people would love a career that I had. So there's going to be some some good parts, and there's going to be some tough parts. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm, very good. Uh, just you touched on it there. You went on to form a security company specialising in supplying bodyguards for celebrities and dignitaries. How, how did that come about? Well, it wasn't just, it didn't start off like that, uh, Joe, I've got to say. It started off with, you know, there was a spate of burglaries and, and stuff like that happening. And I was on the coach one day and my wife said to me, you know, I, I think someone's in the house. Now, you, you think about it, you think, well, what can I do? And, and went through the permutation of what he could do. I said, at the time we had a safe room in the house. So I said, get the kids and go in the safe room. And it, it just triggered my brain. So mm-hmm. we're starting to think more and I got some friends together and we sat down and we spoke about it. And it was a time, as I say, where there was a lot of burglaries and a lot of you know, footballers have been targeted and stuff. So we started off on, on that and uh, looking after homes and stuff like that. And that's how it kind of escalated. And then people want more stuff. You know, they see that you're good. They see that you care, etc. People want more stuff, so they ask for more, so you supply more, and that's how it's grown. Okay, very good. And just to finish, uh, uh, some questions from the Irish Toffees members. Before we go, uh, Alan Collins from Limerick wants to know who was your best friend at Everton. Best friend at Everton. Um, I, I don't think I actually. I, no, I don't think I actually had one best friend. I got on with everybody at Everton. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean that everybody, the players I got on with, all the players I got on with, all the staff, got on with Jimmy Martin and listen, Jimmy Martin and Jimmy Comer and Seiji and they're the they're the guys, they're the they're the the, the glue that you don't really yeah. understand from from being on the outside. But these are the main guys. I got on with everybody at uh, Everton. Lee Carsey was a good lad. Kevin Kilban, great lads. Uh, Marcus Bent. You know, all them boys. Franny Jeff was a good lad. Anzi. You know, I could go. Fergie was a top, top guy when he came in. Um, Thomas Myra, really liked Thomas Myra at the time as yeah. well. Um, Nigel Martin was another good lad. John Collins. I could go through the whole squad. Honestly, I got on with everybody. There weren't one person I ever had a crossword with. Yeah, okay. And then, kind of similar to that, Ray Johnson from Sligo wants to know, who, do you have a best friend in football? Uh, my best mate in football uh, as a whole is my mate from Arsenal, David Hillier, who we started off as as young kids, probably six six or seven playing against each other. And, um, you know, we, we came through the ranks at Arsenal together. 
made the first team, won our first title together as un, as 21 year olds. And um, he's probably still my best mate because I, you know, I'm a friend. If you're my friend, I'm your friend. That's it. Yeah. So he's probably still my best. Obviously, right, Ian. Lee Dixon and all that, that Arsenal team and all the guys, some good lads at Forest and Everton and stuff, you know, get along famously. But one person I would say who, who knows me, who grown up with me, who's my probably my best mate will be David Ilya. Okay, very good. Uh, Kane Long from Cork wants to know, who's the hardest defender you ever faced? Um, that's a hard one. I get this question quite often. It's, it's difficult to say because on any, on any given match day, I could get the better of the player or the player could get the better of me. I think what I would, what I tend to do is look at back fours. The hardest back fours, the most difficult. Mm. Now there's two back fours I've got to mention. One, you know, um, was the Arsenal back four or back five, should I say, you know, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterburn, Bolden Adams with Dave Seaman in goal, played against them more than enough times. And, you know, they're as tough as it comes. And that AC Milan back four with Maldini, Tassotti, Costa Curta and Baresi, they were special, real special as well. So they are the two back fours who gave you no change. I yeah, tell you, get no change. Them, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Yeah. And finally, uh, Paul Flynn from Belfast wants to know, if you weren't a footballer, what would you have been? Uh, I was quite into computers. Um, from school so I would have liked to have thought I would be into computers programmer or whatever doing something to do with computers or technology okay IT something like that very good very good Mr Kev thank you very much for today it's really a pleasure and we'd love to have you back over in Dublin for a night when all this blows over now listen Joe no problem my pleasure and just let me know um, if I can make it I'll be there mate Lovely stuff. Listen, Kev, look after yourself. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.